I started talking about something that God had put on my heart. And, you know, and I said a word, a word of the Lord, word from the Lord. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's something new and dramatic when God speaks a word to your heart. But uh, it can also be very profound and it can be powerful what he's saying. And, and so I began to, to spend a bit of time meditating on it. And, and it's really, it's kind of stirred in my heart to stay with this a bit because I want to build into us. So what, what God put on my heart, the, the, the main thing is he says, it's time to move forward. Um, and, and I know when he said it, that, that he was speaking it in context of the church, this church. He was also speaking it in the context of individual lives. And he was also speaking in context of this nation um, to begin to move forward. Not, not, not the natural side of this nation, not just the politics and, and, and business, but the, the church and God's plan and God's agenda. Um, and as I began to, to spend time thinking about this and meditating on it, I kind of saw it from an angle in a way that I've never quite thought of it before. Uh, and and, and, and the, the, the idea that came to my heart was that the enemy has many Christians and churches stuck in what we could call a stalemate, a stalemate situation. Uh, and I used David and Goliath, if you remember last week. David and Goliath, now in that situation, they're not necessarily losing the battle, but they're also, also not winning it. They're not progressing. They're stuck in one situation. They're stuck... For them, it was 40 days, 40 nights, and, and Goliath would taunt them, okay? But, but they couldn't get a breakthrough. That's what a stalemate is, or, or another word is a deadlock. A deadlock is a situation where nobody can really advance. Nobody can move forward. Uh, it's, it's the same idea as a stalemate. A stalemate situation is where nobody can, can actually move forward into some things. You're stuck in the situation. You're stuck where you're at. And see, if the enemy, you, you, you realize how I heard one minister say this, um, the enemy's perfect will, you know, we talk about the perfect will of God. Well, let's talk about the perfect will of the enemy. The, the enemy's perfect will for your life is that you go straight to hell. Yeah? Well, we've already missed that. We received Jesus. But you realize that, you know, if, and you can't stop. Do you know the enemy is not big enough to stop you receiving Jesus when you, when you pray, the, pray that the sinner's prayer and you release out of your mouth. You believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead and, 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 you, and you confess him as, as Lord of your life and you receive Jesus into your life. Do you know the enemy is not big enough to stop you becoming a new creation? There's nothing he can do. He can deceive you. He can lie to you. He can do everything he can to stop you receiving the gospel, hearing the gospel. He can try to blind your heart so that you don't become open to the gospel. Those are his tactics. But the day that you receive the gospel and speak out with the word of God and, and, and you make Jesus Lord of your life and you pray, is there anything? Can the devil just intervene and stop God's power coming to pass in your life? No, he can't. Do you know that that should tell you something? That should tell you the enemy can't just stop God's power coming in your life. What he can do is he could try to deceive you. Even after you receive Jesus, even after you become a Christian, the, the, people say, well, I've done everything. And, and you know, they like, God's not doing his part. Very often, and I'm not saying this to criticize, very often there's maybe something we haven't seen yet or maybe something, something we've let slip or something we haven't stirred up or our eyes haven't been opened. But when you 
put into practice the word of God, the enemy can't just stop that coming to pass. And God won't. Do you know God will not not do his word? Because his word is a covenant. His word is a blood covenant. You don't break a blood covenant. God shows throughout his word how serious he is about blood covenants. Okay? So it's easy to say, well, I've done everything but God's not doing, or I've, I've done everything. But, but, but sometimes we've got to begin to say, okay, let's just get, maybe, maybe rather, rather than saying I've done everything, rather humble yourself and say, Lord, open my eyes. Or help me to see maybe what I haven't seen. Or have, have I let some things slip in an area? But you see, what the enemy does is he, he, he sits on the shoulder, he either blinds the minds, blinds the heart, or he discourages people. He wants to get you to not act on the word. He wants you to let go of the word. He wants you to throw in the towel and quit on the word. Because he knows this, if you will not quit on the word, if the light of the gospel shines in your heart, and if your eyes are open to the truth, and you act in the truth, and you put faith into practice, the word will come to pass. And there's nothing he can do to stop it. Do you know he's not powerful enough? The enemy is not powerful enough to stop God's power manifesting in your life when things are in place properly. So the enemy works to try to discourage you, or he works to try to get you to quit, or he works to get you to sit on your shoulder saying, it's not working. Do you know what? If you say, no, hold on, I'm, I'm not believing that lie that it's not working, God's word works. God's word is a covenant. I will not let go of the word of God. I will not back down. I will not quit. I will not accept anything less than the fulfillment of God's word. If you will stand your ground and dig your heels in the ground and say, I refuse anything less, and you won't let go, and you won't listen to the lies of the enemy, there's not much he can do to you. See, his perfect will is that you go straight to hell. But once you receive Jesus... You know, he's kind of lost that one. He's lost that battle. But if he can't stop you going straight to hell, he will settle for getting you off this planet as quick as he can. He'll settle for that. Take you out of the way. Or, or get you so caught up in battles in your own life that you're ineffective. You can't really do much else. Get you so focused, just hitting you with an area you can't get a breakthrough in. He'll get you so caught up that you can't really step out and fulfill the plan of God. He'll get you distracted or he'll get you defeated. Now, <clears throat> if he can't defeat you, he'll happily get you stuck in a stalemate. This is what you want you to see. See, like I said, the enemy wants you off this planet. He wants you dead and gone. I remember one minister, you've probably, some of you probably heard the story. The, the enemy kept saying, I'm going to kill you. He just, you know, you get, people say, what do you mean the enemy kept saying? The devil. He kept getting thoughts in his mind. And, and he knew it, was, it wasn't coming from God. And was saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And, and you know, you can, get, you can get afraid and you can begin to think, oh, no. No, no. The, the enemy's after me. Hey, wake up. He's after every Christian on the planet. Okay. But, but the enemy just kept saying, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. And one day, one day, he was getting, letting it weigh, weigh on him a little bit and getting afraid. And one day, God, God spoke to his heart and said, why didn't you ask him why he hasn't done it yet? And he thought, yeah. Why hasn't he done it? If he's so, why are you sitting on my shoulder telling me month after month, I'm going to kill you? Because he wants you to grab a hold of and believe his lies. Because it gives him power. But 
he he couldn't just do, there's a lot of things the enemy can't do he can't just take over a lot of the time we give him access and he wants to discourage any, us and he wants us to to become despondent he wants us to get deadlocked into situations where we become despondent with what we're facing and we start to let go of things in the word of god but we've got to become convinced god's word will not fail and one of the things I want to talk about is, is we talked about getting the, the fact that there are stalemate situations last week, and God is saying it's time to move forward. God doesn't want us sitting in the situation like the children of Israel where the Red Sea's in front of us, the enemy's, enemy's behind us, and we're trapped and we can't get out. We need to know how to take the word of God to begin to do some things. And what did, we saw last week, what did God say to Moses in that situation? He said, tell my people to go forward. Go forward. In other words, Start moving. Start taking some action. And, and as they did, the power of God manifested and the Red Sea split. Do many people want the Red Sea to split before they say, I'm going to press forward? They said, I'm just waiting for the Red Sea to split. That's not how it worked. Remember, Moses said to them, oh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But that's not what God said. God said, move forward. And we've got, to, we've got to be a people that say, we are not going to sit around and just let the enemy defeat me. I'm, I'm going to get up, get up, and get on, and press forward in some areas. And I'm not accepting anything less. I'm not accepting uh, situations that the enemy gets me deadlocked that I can't just break through in. How many of you, how many of you are willing to tolerate the enemy just keeping you in a constant situation you can't get through? You know that sometimes I want to talk to you about how to, how to get out of stalemate, how to break the deadlock and to move forward. That's what we want to look at. It's one thing to say God wants us to move forward. It's another thing for us to begin to understand how we're going to do this. And the first thing I want you to realize is sometimes you've got to get fed up with losing. You've got to get fed up with being in that situation. You've got to get fed up with with tolerating, or you've got, to, you've got to get to a point where you say, I am not willing to tolerate this anymore. I, you, you know, put your foot down on the ground and say, enough is enough. And, I, and that, that, do you realize your attitude in the battle is a big part of it? Now, I don't mean attitude as in, oh, walking around with a bad attitude. Will be. I mean, the, 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 the attitude and mentality that you face things with. Every time in the Bible, the children of Israel, remember when they were going through the wilderness, every time a battle came out, they were, oh, and the whole attitude was, oh, poor old me, oh, let's go back. And they just had a defeatist, quit up attitude. But there's got to be something inside of you that says, I will not be defeated. So I put that down there. I will not be defeated and I will not quit. I didn't originate that statement, but it's a good statement. You know, if I can't be defeated and I won't quit, why can't I be defeated? Because God says, oh, thanks, God, thanks be to God who always gives us the victory. He, he, and and if, if you quit, the enemy gets the better of you. But if you begin to say, enough is enough, I am not tolerating anything less. So one of the things to get out of stalemate is you, you get fed up with it. But being fed up is not enough. Do you know there's a lot of people that are fed up with the situation they're in, but that doesn't change the situation. That's a good mentality, be fed up with it, rather than just accepting it. But that's not enough to get you out of, out of a stalemate. That's a starting point. Okay? 
You can be naturally fed up with things and yet still not get out of it because it's going to, very often, getting out of that stalemate is going to take a manifestation of the power of God. It's going to take God moving in some things. So I might be on this for a couple of weeks because we want to look at what it's going to take to, to, look, to move forward. But let's, go, let's look at one example. Very familiar thing is the woman with the issue of blood. I referred to her, but I want to look at one or two things out of her life. And this is the simple message, but powerful. Sometimes we need to hear the simple truths. Sometimes you need to just hear some things that we, we maybe know, we've heard before, but we want to get stirred up again. If you're going to get out of that stalemate, you've got to come to a situation in your life where you believe you can get out of that stalemate. Did you hear what I just said? If you're going to get out of that stalemate, you've got to come to a position where you believe you can get out of that stalemate. You've got to believe this thing can change. It may have been that way for 10 years, may have been that for, for decades in my life. I may have been in the same battle for years, but you've got to begin to say, this can change. This is not going to stay the same way. It's not going to, I'm not going to stay in stalemate anymore. I am going to move forward. I am going to reach what God has for me. I'm going to get a hold of my healing. I'm going to get a hold of my breakthrough in my finances. I'm going to get a hold of everything that God has for me. What does it mean to get a hold of? Lay a hold of. You know, if you look at Paul, you'll see he used terms like, uh, <coughs> um, what, what, I lost the quote as I was about to say it, Philippians 3. It says, I press forward, I press toward the mark that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. What does it mean to lay hold of something? Anyone? Grab hold of it. The, you look at the way Paul talked. He said, I press toward the mark that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. But you know what? We are taught with a religious mentality that just says, no, 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 just, just sit and let God bring it to you. Aren't we? If God wants you, you just, you just sit down, and, and that's why they love that. Just you be still and do nothing, and if the Lord wants you to have it, he'll bring it to you. I'm, I've got news for you. That's not the Bible mentality. It's not the New, the New Testament mentality. I can give you example after example. Uh, 1 Timothy 6 says, lay hold of eternal life. What does it mean to lay hold of? It means reach out and take it, grab it. Take, grab. And someone says, That's, you can't do that with God. You can't just take and grab. If he told you to, yes, you can. And you need to get a hold of it. Do you realize God chose the examples that he put in Scripture? He, he didn't have someone else choose which, 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 which accounts to put in. He picked these, the Holy Spirit, the Father, Jesus. They picked what they put in the Word. Why did he choose the woman with the issue of blood? What did the woman with the issue of blood do? Did she sit at home and say, oh, I heard Jesus is coming, but, you know, I just I don't feel too good today, so I'm just going to wait here, and, and if the Lord sends him past my house, or, or, or maybe some of my friends just... Just, just ask Jesus to say a little prayer for me. I'm going to sit at home. Is that what she said? She wouldn't have found her in Scripture if she'd done that. What did she do? She actually got up and she pushed in. She pressed in. But do you realize she grabbed a hold of her healing? 
And by grabbed, I mean literally grabbed it. I sometimes say this, she pickpocketed Jesus. Why? Because, do you realize she didn't even ask Jesus? She didn't say, is it, is it okay? Do you mind, you know, I don't want to inconvenience you, but, but is it all right with you if, if, if I just kind of touch the edge of your garment and hope that some power flows into me? Is that what she did? No, she said, I'm going in. She had the attitude, I am going and I'm getting my healing. If I can touch him, I will be whole. And she went and she pressed through that crowd. She grabbed a hold of his coat and she, she was made whole. Even before she asked Jesus, Jesus turned and said, who touched me? By the time he turned around and asked that question, she's already healed. Why? What did she do? She said, I'm getting my healing and I'm taking my healing. Now, someone says, oh, no, you can't have that mentality. You know, we've got to be polite with the Lord. Yeah, of course. But why would God, if God didn't want you to take it, why would he tell you over and over and over in Scripture to take it? <laughs> and then put it in covenant, blood covenant, by the blood of Jesus that these things are available to you, and then give you loads of examples of people taking it, and, say, and then give you Scriptures that say, follow those who through faith and patience receive the promise. Do, 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 why would God give you examples like the woman with the issue of blood if he didn't want you to act like her? Why would he give you examples of the, the man born by four? Remember the man came to Jesus, lowered down through the roof? Why did they lower that, lower that man through the roof? Because there was no way to just get to Jesus, was there? The, the room was full, and they couldn't get in. What kind of attitude did it take from that man for, and, and his four friends to get in there? Sorry? It took an attitude that basically said, I am not going away without this. That's a mentality. Why would God put that example in the word if he didn't want you to follow that example? We feel bad. The enemy wants to sit on our shoulder and make us feel bad, almost like we can't just say, I'm here to get this and I ain't leaving until I got it. I'm not taking no for an answer. Someone says, oh, you can't do that with God. Yes, you can. And not only that, he wants you to do it like that. He's not offended. He actually teaches in his word, have that kind of approach. You put your feet down, you say, I am not taking no for an answer. I have a blood covenant. That's what it means when, Paul, when the Bible says, lay hold of eternal life. You say, I am taking what he's given me. But this is one of the things you've got to realize. This attitude, this mentality is an important part of coming out of stalemate. People get into stalemate, they get passive. They get to a situation where they tolerate the enemy moving in and, work, and doing things in their lives. But you've got, something's, something's got to rise up on the inside of you where you say, I am going to get a hold of what God has got a hold of, given me. That's what Paul said. He said, I press that I may lay hold of. So the first thing, that the, the first part of coming out of stalemate is you've got to get your attitude right in these things and mentality. Be willing to say, I'm not settling for anything less. 
Do you know God once put it on my heart? He said this. I might get a poster made of this eventually. He said, make your life like an arrow. Aim it at a target. And then he said this. Do not settle for anything less than a bullseye. Well, that's a pretty good phrase. Do not settle for less. Say, I am, I'm, I'm going to hit that target, and I'm getting what God's got for me. I'm not going to let any obstacles stand in my way. I am not going to let any, any, any thing the enemy throws at me be a hindrance to me getting where I need to get. This is an important mentality, because one of the things the enemy does to get us into stalemate and sometimes to get us completely defeated is he gets us to become to, uh, uh, where, where we, we back down. A back down mentality. That's what happened with David and Goliath. Do you know, do you know that it's the Bible, we looked, read this last week, it says that Israel was on one side and the Philistines were on the other side with a valley in between them, yeah? And, it, they, and what happened is they were, they were all ready to fight each other, but then Goliath came down. Goliath was the cause of the stalemate, not the fact that they were, the, that they were facing each other in battle. Goliath was the obstacle that became the stalemate because every day the Israelites would line up for battle and they'd go, I don't know, whatever their spears, their, their, I don't know, their shields, whatever, shake, ah, we're, we're going to fight, we're going to fight. And then Goliath would come down day after day and he'd say, come, let's forget this battle, one of you fight me. You know what happened when, that, when Goliath threw his head up? The Bible says the Israelites ran. They were intimidated by that. So they would come every morning saying, come on, let's have a battle. And then they'd go, oh, and they would back down from the battle. Goliath <laughs> caused them to constantly back down on their stand. And that's why, because they kept backing down, they ended up in stalemate. You've got to say, I'm not taking this. I'm here to win this situation, and we are going to do whatever it takes to win and to overcome. So you've got to begin to believe it's possible. Let's look at some things uh, with this woman with the issue of blood. Let's just read this familiar passage. But what I want to encourage you today, very simple message, is you've got to, you, you've got to dig your heels in the ground and say, I am not settling for less. I'm going to lay hold of what God's got for me. And I'm going to be determined. I'm going to be more determined than I ever am. They'll say, well, I am determined. Well, you show that determination in your actions, in your words, don't you? Let's read Mark 5, it's 25. Now, I'm not, I'm not teaching this to put anyone down. I'm, we, we want to get a breakthrough. We're teaching this to help people. There, there are times, there are times I've, I've been in battles and I've kind of thought, oh, man, Maybe I'm not going to get it. People think, oh, you're the, you preach faith. What do you mean you had that thought? We're all human. We all got flesh. The enemy throws the thoughts at all of us, yeah? Just because you, you believe God doesn't mean you never have a negative thought. Everybody has those thoughts. It's what you do with it that matters. The enemy throws that thought at you. You think, I'm not going to get it. Or it's not, God, God's not moving. That's when you drive your heels in the ground in your attitude and say, I'm not accepting that. I'm not accepting. I will not accept that idea, that thought. 
I will not grab hold of that idea that says the word's not working. I reject that. God's word works. God is a covenant-keeping God, and I am not backing down until I've got what he promised. Sometimes you've got to reinforce, I'm not backing down until I've got what he's promised me. But we're, we're often, we, we almost have, how many, how many of you have had that mentality and then you almost feel like, oh, maybe God doesn't want me to be like that? Have you? I see some of you say, oh yeah, you think maybe, you know, you, the enemy sits there and says, oh no, God, God, how dare you be like that with God? That's very disrespectful. He wouldn't give you a Bible full of examples and tell you to be like those examples if he didn't want you to be exactly like that. <laughs> okay, We've got to stop being talked out of this by, by preconceived religious ideas and look at what the Word says. He has the one example, the woman with the issue of blood. But like I said, there's other examples. There's a man they lowered down through the roof. They, they said, we are here to get this and we're not taking anything less. They could have got to the door and said, oh, that's a bit inconvenient. I don't have enough parking spaces at this church. I really hoped I would get my healing, but you know, there's no parking spaces. They didn't make it easy for me to come in, so I'm just going to leave. Well, there you go. You got defeated right there. Then you can say, no, I'm not accepting. No, I'm here. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to make sure that I do whatever it takes. I'm here to get my result. Lord, I'm going to stand on your word. I am not settling for anything less. You're not being nasty toward God. Sometimes that determination, God wants that attitude in you because that is what it's going to take in you, not to push God around, but to overcome the enemy who's bringing you the problem. You're not being bullshit with God. God's not the one withholding your healing and your result. He's given you a covenant, giving you the, making all these things available. But actually, it's the enemy who's standing your ground and saying, no, you're not pushing me around. You're not, I'm not taking this in my life anymore. And it's not just an emotional thing and then tomorrow you back down again. This is a reinforce your position. Sometimes, some of the, back, the breakthroughs I've gotten in my own life in areas have been when I've had to come to that attitude where everything says quit, give up, you're not getting it, and you, you, say, you, get, you almost get an attitude about it. I'm not taking, no, no. I'm not backing down off this. Sometimes you've got to reach that point to actually start getting some breakthroughs. Because if you back down, you end up in a stalemate. You, you can do everything else right, but not have this I refuse to quit attitude, and you sometimes find the enemy gets you stuck in a stalemate. That's what Israel kept doing. They kept backing down every time Goliath taunted them. Okay? David arrived, and he said, I'm, in backing, I'm not backing down. He, 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 refused, he said, in fact, David had a very, I'm going to take the initiative attitude, and we're going to knock this guy flat. Didn't he? People say, well, isn't it wonderful what the Lord did through David? Yes, it is. But would the Lord have done that through David if David's attitude had been different? No. It wasn't just all up to the Lord. It took a person with the right attitude. That's why I said last week, God couldn't bring that breakthrough for 40 days because everybody else present there didn't have the right attitude. They kept backing down. Every time the, the, the enemy hit them, they would back down. Took someone who says, let's go knock this guy's head off. He ain't stopping me. They say, well, I, you know, that's not my personality. I'm not like that. 
God's word in your heart will make you like that. It's not an emotional thing. It's a drive. You can be the quietest person on the planet and yet have a drive of determination. Or you say, I'm, I'm not quitting. I'm not backing down. I'm not taking no for an answer. So if you want to get out of that stalemate and you want to start moving forward, this is, this is important. Get that hot, really stir up this attitude. I'm not backing down and I'm not taking no for an answer. And I'm not, I'm not going to stop putting the word into practice. Now, look, let's look. I keep trying to get to this woman and then I get go back onto all of that. But this is an important thing to reinforce. Let's see Mark, 20, Mark 5, verse 25. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's a while, isn't it? This isn't just she had a bad day. This is an ongoing situation. Now, before she encountered Jesus, this woman was in stalemate. How do I know she was in stalemate? Read the next verse and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She's actually a little bit worse than stalemate. She's slipping backwards, isn't she? Things are slipping out of her hand. But one thing you see with this woman, which I think is pretty impressive, is she wouldn't give up. Do you know that even before she heard about Jesus... She kept trying another thing. And I'm going to keep trying until I find a solution. Well, it doesn't say she just went to one doctor. She had suffered things from how many physicians? Many. Does that sound like a woman who's just cry sitting at home crying about her challenges, giving up? That sounds to me, there's something about this woman God wants us to see. That sounds to me like someone who, who is looking, who's actively looking for a solution, says, I'm going to find a way out of this if I have to. Do you see that attitude? The problem is, up until that point, she hadn't quite found the right one through. But did she allow that to make her feel hopeless? Did she go, oh, it's, it's no, you know what? How, 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 <coughs> how many of you know when you try something, one thing, and you try something, and you try another thing, and you try another thing, and you try another thing, and each thing keeps failing? It's eventually you want to get to a point. Someone comes along and says, well, you know, there's another solution in town. You go, what's the point? Isn't that the kind of mentality you can get into? Has anyone ever been there? Yeah, I've tried 500 things. Why try 501? But that right there is one of the reasons people get defeated. In the natural, it, you, you come to a point of hopelessness. You come to a point of thinking, you know what, I've tried this over and over and over and over again. I, I'm fed up with trying. Right there, that's where you lose it, and the enemy gets you into stalemate. This woman, why did God put her in the Word? Well, one of the first things we see about this woman is she wouldn't quit looking for a solution. What would have happened if someone had come to her and said, well, hey, we heard this, this guy, Jesus. And she, she's a Jew. She would have known they're waiting for the anointed one, the Messiah, the one the Spirit of the Lord is upon. Okay? But what would have happened if she'd go, oh, really? You know how long I've been in this situation? For the last five years, I've had, I've had seven of my friends have come and told me they think the Messiah is in town. And it all turned out to be nothing. Why bother anymore? 
You, know, you see that with people, even with churches. People are, oh, well, you know, yeah, I know another church was raised up and they were saying how we're going to reach the nation and, you know, and that went nowhere. And now another church came along and they said, we're going to see revival in this nation. But that church is gone and they went nowhere. And now you're saying that as well. You know, oh, I'm tired of hearing that. I'm going to just sit it and forget about all this revival in the nation stuff. Do you know that there's Christians with that attitude? They're just they're tired of hearing it. Right there is where the enemy is defeating. And he wants us to get to that point where you just don't want to hear another solution. You don't want to hear someone's ra God's raising something up to do something. You don't want to hear this is what can bring the breakthrough in your situation because your response on the inside is hopelessness. I'm tired of trying things. I'm try tired of giving, giving another thing a go. That right there is the enemy, the, is the mentality the enemy wants you in. Because if he can get you into that, you ain't getting out of that thing unless by some real, actual, sovereign act of God where you're not even involved. Because your whole mentality is going to keep you in that thing. And that is a tool the enemy uses. But this woman, she's put in the word. One of the first things we are told about her, we're not, the first thing we're told about her is not that she pressed through the crowd. The first thing we're told, well, apart from she had this condition for 12 years, but the first thing we see about her is she wouldn't quit looking for a solution. She'd suffered things, many things from many physicians, and everyone was a setback. Every piece of news, every time she opened the mail and they said the doctor's test says, sorry, it hasn't worked. How many of you like to get bad news 600 for 12 years? Just bad news, bad news, bad news. Every doctor's test. Let's, we, we've got a new experiment. We've got a new experimental drug. Oh, yes, I'll try it. Bad news arrives. It didn't work. Eventually, you're going to sit at home and say, just, you know, just, I'm never getting out of my bed again. None, it's none of it's working. But she didn't get like that. She says, she heard about Jesus. What did she do? She, she said, right, I'm going at it. What does it tell you about this woman? Nothing would make her give up or quit. No piece of bad news. And eventually, she found the one piece of information, the, the one solution she really did need to find. The pieces came together. I've heard so many Christians say, you know, we, we, tried, we tried doing this for, for my healing, and we tried this for my healing, and we tried this for my healing, and it didn't work, and I don't want to hear you tell me any more about the word works. Well, right there, you're in the trap of the enemy. He's got you. Because the, the now, they just don't want to hear what you, when the, what you try and tell them with the word. Well, I tried this, and I tried this, and I tried this. Do you see what I'm trying to say to you? Don't let that mentality creep in. You stay hold of the fact, I will not quit on the word. I believe God is a covenant-keeping God. God did not make all these promises because he wanted to deceive me. He meant what he said, and I refuse to accept anything less than what he said. This is an attitude you've got to get. And I'm going to stand my ground. This is an attitude God is trying to get in his people. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, I'm not going to go into why she touched because we could get sidetracked uh, on all kinds of different things. But did it take some effort from her to press through the crowd? Was it inconvenient? 
Would it have been a lot easier for her to just stay at home and do nothing? This is where many people get defeated. Not only did she, she refuse to give up hope, but she even refused her own condition to stop her. Do you see that? She's a, she, it's very likely she's in a weakened condition. Would it have been easier to just stay in bed? Would, what about the man carried in by four of his friends? I mean, he couldn't even get to the meeting in his own strength. But does that tell you a person who said, I am getting to that meeting if they've got to drag me through the door on a hospital stretcher and a breathing apparatus, I'm getting to that meeting? Do you see that attitude? <laughs> this attitude is very important. Nothing will stop me getting there where I need to be. Nothing is going to stop me. You say, oh, well, you don't, it doesn't matter where you are physically. You can receive in your bedroom. Yes, you can, but sometimes that attitude the enemy is using against you because it's, it's a lot easier to just sit there and not get up. Okay? And so you don't understand what I'm facing. No, I understand what the solution is. That man, four of his friends carried him into the place. I used to, I, when I was at Bible school, I, uh, in the afternoons after I attended Bible school, I used to go to a, what was called healing school. Every day of the week, they would teach healing. They had people from all over, this was in America, all over the nation would come and sit under the Word of God for healing. But you know what they used to, I remember the, 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 the ministry was teaching healing. He talked about the fact how sometimes they would have people literally on breathing apparatus at the back of the room masks and they brought in with their medical equipment and they'd sit there and while he was teaching this you could hear that just made myself cough now trying to do that okay but you could hear this person struggling to breathe there at the back there but you know that and they would have thought well why didn't they just say to the minister just go to the hospital and minister to him Okay? That's why many people are not getting results. What, it got, what kind of person is presented to us in Scripture are the people that they went to go and get it. And say, so I'm just going you know, to just not bother today because it's, I'm having a bad day. No, that, that man said, I'm getting there. You, you smash that room and you do whatever you have to do to get me in that room. This is a mentality, and this is a big part of why many people end up in a stalemate, because they're not getting this mentality. This is drive, determination. I preached a message on determination once, and um, some of the things I said there, you, you've got to be as determined as it takes to get the toothpaste back into the tube. It's easy to get the toothpaste. Have you ever tried to put all the toothpaste? Can you imagine what it would be like trying to get the toothpaste back in the tube? Okay? Would that take a bit of determination? That would do. You got to, that's how you've got to be determined with receiving from God and getting out of your situation. You've got to be as determined as, 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 it, as, it, as the snail had to be to get into the ark. <laughs> it's easy for the giraffes and all them to get in. Can you imagine the snail? Wait for me! Wait for me! <laughs> There's two of us, me and my buddy here. 
<laughs> Sometimes you've got to say, I'm getting there. Nothing is going to stop me. But if you keep letting things stop you, the enemy's going to beat you. If you keep letting something get in your way or keep letting, letting something cause you to back down, and I'm not being redundant for the sake of redundance, and I know I keep saying the same thing, but I want to build this into you. God is looking for people who will not back down and who will not take no for an answer. Because it's not, someone says, well, that's, again, you know, well, that's, you shouldn't be like that toward God. I'm not too like that toward God because I know in his word, he said all of the promises of God are yes. It's not him that I'm expected, would be expecting a no from. When I say I won't take no for an answer, I'm not saying I'm going to bang into heaven and demand it from God. You know what? I heard some, I, I, I remember years ago, someone gave me this picture. And it was a drawing that they'd done. They were a little bit of an artist. And it was a picture. And on the side of the picture, it said the gates of heaven. And it had these big gates, you know. And then heading toward the gates of heaven was a, was a tank, military tank. And there's this little guy sticking out of the tank with his little goggles on. And at the bottom of the picture, it said storming the gates of heaven. I looked at it and I thought to myself, why do you have to storm gates that aren't closed to you? Many people think they're fighting against God, trying to pry it out of God's hands. That's the wrong mentality. He's the one who gave you the covenant. He's the one who's reached out with Jesus. He's the one who gave you the promise. He's not saying no. He's not actually the problem. The Bible doesn't say the gates of heaven will not prevail against the church. It says the gates of Hell will not prevail against the church. We got, we got it all wrong. We think we're trying to pry it out of God's hands and like, oh, well, you know, God might not like it if I, if, I, if I sit there and saying I'm not taking no for an answer. He's not the one you're doing it towards. It's the enemy trying to withhold that thing from you. It's the enemy taunting you like Goliath. And that is the one, he's the one that you've got to say, no, I am not backing down. I've got a covenant. I've got the word. I've got the power of God. I am backed by the Holy Spirit. I'm backed by the promises of God. And I am not taking no for an answer. And you're not knocking me back from this. Devil. Oh God, devil. Because <laughs> he's the one trying to say no. The one reason people are defeated and they end up in stalemate is because they let the obstacles stop them. Every, the enemy knows, because like, oh, we're going to make sure we're, we're in the healing meeting this week. And right before the healing meeting, the enemy hits you with something like, oh, we can't get there. They let the obstacle stop them. They let it get in their way. And they back down. And, oh, sorry, we can't make it. We're just going to stay at home. You pray for us. That's not what the woman with the issue of blood says. She said, I'm getting in there. Do you see what I'm showing you? Don't let the obstacle cause you to back down. Get where you need to be. Do what you need to be. Take your stand and say, I refuse to take no for an answer. Do you know what? Sometimes everything will come 
in your face and at you that says you can't have what God has told you you can have. Anyone ever felt like that? Everything coming at you saying you're not getting this, you can't have it. Why do you, I said it last week, why would the enemy spend so much time trying to convince you the word doesn't work if the word didn't work? <laughs> why would he spend so much time trying to tell you let go of the word? Because he knows that's your breakthrough. So you've got to say nothing is going to cause me to let go of this. The moment you back down, people say, well, I tried that. I tried that confession. I tried speaking the word. It didn't work. And then what do they do? They back down. And they stop doing it. You say, no, I'm, I am not going to, I know the word works. I'm not backing off it. Okay? I was going to give you another example, and then it slipped out of my mind there a minute ago. But, but you, Jairus, that's the one I was going to give you. Not, it's in the same passage with Mark 5 with this woman with the issue of blood. So this woman with the issue of blood, she, she, she'd had bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news for 12 years, but she wouldn't quit. She gets one glimmer of hope, <coughs> and she says, I'm going to get it. So she pressed in. But sandwiched in the middle of the, of, 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 well, her story is sandwiched in the middle of Jairus' story. Jairus came to Jesus. His daughter was at the point of death, hopeless again, Okay. But you know what? He says to Jesus, come, come lay your hands on my daughter and she'll live. Or come pray for her. I can't remember the exact phrase. She will live. The next thing she, he knows is the woman with the issue of blood comes up, situation comes up. And then bad, he gets bad news. Your daughter's dead. And what, 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 is that, what does that bad news cause you to do? Could you get any worse news than that? What is that news basically saying? The situation's over. Might as well back down now. <laughs> Isn't that the kind, that's like, okay, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. Let's back down. Do you know what, what did Jesus say to Jairus? Don't be afraid only. What, what is Jesus saying to Jairus in that statement? This isn't over. Don't back down. Well, someone says, yeah, but you know, J Jesus was there with Jairus. He could say that, but you know, I don't have that. You've got the word. You've got to grab a hold of it and say, this is not over until I've got what God says is mine. You don't get much worse news than that. Someone says, well, I've been believing God, you know, and then the doctors did a test and they just said the whole organ is just dead. I'm a, you know, and I, I was believing God. Well, the whole, you know, bone is just like disintegrated. It's about to fall, just become dust, the whole bone. Might as well just give up. I mean, I was believing God. Right there, you got defeated. That's not when you throw the towel in. That's when you stand your ground and say, no, God's word works. And I'm not taking no, the, no piece of bad news in the natural is going to cause me to back down. So Jairus had an opportunity to back down. What did Jesus say? Don't back down. So Jairus responds to Jesus. He said, okay, I'm not backing down. They go to Jairus' house. And then once again, what happens when he gets to Jairus' house? 
Not only does he now physically see his dead daughter, who he's previously just been told is dead, the whole house is filled with crying and mourning and people, oh, she's dead, oh, she... no, all the natural stuff, everything staring him in the face. What, do you think that was another opportunity for him to back down? Did Jairus have to get through a few obstacles where every time, every single thing told him, you're not getting it? What if he'd quit halfway along? Why, why is God presenting us with these examples? Why are they in Scripture? Oh, they're very nice stories. Isn't that nice how the woman with the issue blood? No, no, they're not in there. The Bible says, follow those who through faith and patience got it. And then he says this. Let me give you an example of someone who got it. Yeah, this woman, she wouldn't take no for an answer. Let me give you another example. This guy, Jairus, nothing would cause him to back down. Let me give you another example. The man thrown, thrown, thrown through the roof, lowered through the roof. They wouldn't take no for an answer. What about the blind men who had to follow Jesus right across town? Yeah, the Bible says they followed him. And they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. It wasn't that Jesus... Was, was, was trying to make it hard for them. But Jesus knew to help them, he needed this attitude out of them that they wouldn't back down. So he, Jesus kept walking, kept walking. He's, and I get the impression he walked either right across town or even into another town. Because he leaves Jairus's house and, he, and, and, and they follow him all the way until he goes into the next house. And it says when, he's, when he entered the next the house, it wasn't just the neighboring house, he's crossed town or gone to another town. These blind men had to follow Jesus and kept crying, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Do you not think half, half, half a mile of blind people following Jesus, eventually the one's going to say to him, why don't we bother following this guy? Why don't we just forget this? We could be making money begging on the street for our blindness. Do you not think they had opportunity to quit? Why did Jesus make them follow him? He's not being nasty. Jesus knew this attitude of I will not quit needed to be drawn out of them. I won't back down. I won't quit. I won't take no as an answer. I'm not going to back down on the word. I'm not going to throw in the towel. Is this attitude important? Of course it is. How many of you have ever heard the, 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 I'm sure we, ever, we, we, we have in Matthew, I think Matthew 11 or 12, where it says, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and? The violent do what? They do what to it? Take it. What does that mean? Do you see this whole idea of take it, grab it, take it, all over Scripture? Paul says, I press forward, I'm going to lay hold of. 1 Timothy 6, lay hold of eternal life. That means you get up and take it. Does God want you to be like that? Well, yeah, I know there's lots of promises, but you know, I just believe in being gentle and passive. Then you're not a doer of the word because this is what the Bible says. Do it this way. Amen? Now, that's, that, that's kind of what I had on my heart today. And I've just circled around the same point. But this is so important. If you get this attitude wrong and try to put into practice other things of the word, but not with this attitude, sometimes the other things don't work in place. That's why Jesus made sure the blind men following had this attitude before he ministered to them. So if you want to get out of stalemate, Big part of it is, uh, is that refuse to take no for an answer.
and determination, determination. I will not quit. I will not back down. I will not let go of the word. I will not let go of my stand on the word. No matter how much it doesn't look like it's working, I won't back down. No matter how much it looks like everything is going in the opposite direction, I will not quit on my stand on the word. And I will not back down on the covenant. Because God said, and I won't quit on that. That's important. That's the kind of person that gets results. Too often, sometimes I've tried to talk to people and minister to people and try to help them, and I say, don't back down. And then the next thing you know, then, oh, no, no, I'm not going to back down. And then the next thing you know, something they say, it's just, you can see they've just, they've let go. They say, oh, no, but some, this, this happened, and I just can't. And they back down right there. And then they'll come to you and say, but I'm in faith, and it's not working. But you just back, you, you had an opportunity to back off something and you did it because something just didn't quite work right. And you just right back off right there. Do you see what I'm saying? So anyway, I hope, this, I hope this stirs some people up. I want to encourage you to make up your mind. If you've let go and you've backed down previously, pick it back up. That's the wonderful thing about it. You can pick something back up. You say, okay, I let it go in the past. I'm picking it back up. And this time... I ain't letting it go. This time I'm not losing it. Now, I believe God has stirred on my heart. It's time to move forward. It's time. It's time to start getting some breakthroughs. And we're going to go through as a group. That's why we're doing these healing groups. It's time to start seeing people get some breakthroughs. It's time for us to stand together and say we're going to get breakthroughs in our individual lives. It's time for us to begin to say as a church we're going to get breakthroughs. We're, no matter what the enemy's tried to throw at us and knock us backwards, we're not letting it stop. We're not letting it stop us. We're, we're going to get done what God, is, what God wants us to achieve. And then in this nation, whatever, we're going to get the job done. And nothing's going to stop us. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just magnify you. Lord, we thank you. It is time to move forward. It's time to move into everything that you've got for us. It's time, Lord God. And we're going to uphold that vision and we're not going to be a people who back down or quit. We're not going to be a people who let obstacles, difficulties, challenges, inconveniences get in our way or stop us. It, just because it's difficult, just because it's inconvenient, just because it, 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 everything in me says just quit or give up or back down or it's hard. Stop listening to that and saying, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to be where I need to be. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm not going to let obstacles stand in my way anymore. And Lord, I thank you that this, is, this kind of mentality right here is going is, is, is to help us advance.